Okay, so guys, uh, welcome back to Digital Artcast. And today is an art view, and I'm lucky enough to be joined um, by Jort. Say hello, Jort. Uh, hi, hello. Hello, hello. Um, Jort has been kind enough to give up his time to talk to us on the podcast um, about everything concept art related, and um, we're probably just going to dive straight into it. Jort, um, kind of bring people into the, the frame of your education and your past, if they don't know it very well, you know, where did you get started in games and um, what really brought you into um, concept art as a medium? Where did you kind of learn that that was the thing you wanted to do early on? Um, well, so, um, yeah, I started out just at uh, a uni. Um, uh, I didn't really know what to, uh, what, what I wanted, like what I, what I wanted to study and stuff. And, uh, well, I always liked games, I always liked drawing and art. So I just entered this, um, this game art school uh, without ever having opened Photoshop or uh, like any 3D program, like I, I I didn't know the concept world at all. Wow. Uh, I I did a lot of digital or um, sorry a lot of uh, traditional uh, painting like uh, oil painting, acrylics, and um, yeah, it was just a stroke of luck, I suppose, um, that I, I I really loved it like from the first moment, and um, that's actually <laughs> like I only I only got introduced into concept art during school, during my first year, like, I, I sort of know what it was, but not fully, I, I didn't fully comprehend that it was an actual job, that, you know, how big it was, and then the, the people involved, like, you know, I, I, I only heard of Feng Zhu, like, halfway through my first year, wow. so, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was, there was, there was really, uh, it was actually quite interesting, and then, um, yeah, halfway through the first year, um, like my school, because I was in the Netherlands, we had some really good connections with uh, Guerrilla Games in Amsterdam. And uh, there were a bunch of people there that gave us a seminar, uh, specifically Jori Rosman and Josef Noel. And uh, Jori uh, worked at Guerrilla Games for three years, and he's now a freelance concept artist. And uh, they gave a short seminar on, on AAA concept art. And um, at the time, this was about three weeks after I started using Photoshop, so I was a total noob, yeah. uh, but uh, they really opened my eyes into like what was possible and also because they, they'd been to the same school that I was attending and um, as soon as I saw that I was like yeah that's, that's where I want to go, I want to go to Gorilla, I want to I wanna enter this level of concept art and just you know this is the moment that I'm going to start fighting for it and um, it was funny because actually during, during that seminar uh, as I said, like I was a total noob in Photoshop, and I, I had to really deliver something good uh, as a final result. And actually, ended up doing that in uh, in a program called Google SketchUp, um, using that as my tool instead of Photoshop, which I didn't know at the time yet. Mm -hmm. And I actually managed to pick up SketchUp in a couple of days, and then make something that uh, conveyed the story that I wanted to tell, uh, which was the, the the assignment they gave us at the time. Cool. Um, yeah, and actually. Um, that's where it all started. Um, uh, so you were working. You were working more in three D to start with than two D, or? Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, I started out with using SketchUp. That like halfway through my first year, I, I always, I was always a painter and a drawer, mm. uh, and then I learned Photoshop afterwards. And actually, like you know how it goes when you first start Photoshop, you make these really weird. Things like yeah. <laughs> every everything is super atrocious. But what does um, this button do? Yeah, 
Yeah, but uh, I, I somehow I felt that 3D um, felt a lot more natural to me because I always used to play with Legos. Legos was my childhood, and yeah. uh, SketchUp is just like Legos, uh, and that's always the way I used it as well. It's just I did a lot of kit bashing. I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a year and a half after I was introduced to AAA concept art, I managed to secure myself a uh, an internship at Guerrilla Games. Wow. Um, like I I I, <laughs> I fought for it. I fought for it really hard. I don't know if you heard the story that I told at the um, the rejection. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, if people went at, at industry workshops, then you can probably enlighten them on your uh, your tragic path to uh, glory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was it was kind of funny. Like I told this on stage at industry workshops in the uh, the panel discussion. Um, uh, basically, I I sent them my my. Well, super bad portfolio. Like, hey, uh, I know this is really bad, but I really want to join. And um, could I please do an art test so I can prove myself? And they were like, well, um, well, they thought that my portfolio just wasn't good enough to even do an art test. But the thing is, they they sent me the wrong email, yeah. right? So they they first sent me the email that, uh, yeah, sure, your portfolio looks awesome, and um, uh, come and do the art test. And uh, I was super happy, of course. And then and then two hours later, I got. You know, another email saying like, "Hey, whoops, we made a mistake. <laughs> uh, actually, your portfolio isn't that good." And um, yeah, please, please don't do the art test. <laughs> yeah, please don't do an art test. So, so the thing is that, um, as I said at Industry Works as well, like I, I was really professional about it, but I didn't know at the time it, I was professional about it because mm. what I did, I I basically just asked for feedback. I was like, "All right, well, I'm sorry to hear that, um, and uh, sorry for the uh, for the mix-up, but." Uh, uh, do you have any feedback? Uh, something that I should work on? And um, yes, something happened, and somehow that touched them. And, um, and they said, uh, they sent another email like, uh, "Yeah, you can do an art test, but just know that your portfolio uh, shows that you don't really have the skills to be able to to get the internship." Because uh, they also had a really select number of places. Like they only had, uh, and this sounds like a lot, eight places, but I think there were like forty or fifty people applying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and then um funny thing was that uh immediately after that I I was about to go on a holiday for 2 weeks in Greece. And uh so I just decided to bring my laptop along and practice my photo bashing skills and my my painting skills and my Photoshop skills. And uh when I came back at it the artist and it was uh one of the best artists they they had seen that year. So uh wow. Yeah, that's how I got in. <laughs> I was awesome. really lucky. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Um yeah, and 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 everything Actually, evolved from there. I mean, um, at Guerrilla Games, I was fully introduced to concept art as a profession and 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 all the players involved, and um, you know what it really meant to to, to do that sort of job. Uh, I worked on environments for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I worked on um, uh, a lot of props. Uh, I did a bit of UI as well. Um, uh, that's also a thing. Like, if you ever do an internship, uh, always say yes to everything. Yeah, because there were people around me that were like, no, I don't want to do UI. I just want to do this. And and the funny thing is that just by saying yes to everything, um, I got to learn so much more, and I got in yeah. contact with so many more awesome people. And it just, you know, it's it's really good to to be open like that. I think. Yeah, I uh, think it's just a. Part obviously we were talking at industry workshops was one of the questions I think one of the guys asked at the back was there's a whole system where people think that you know uh, interns are overworked and people aren't getting paid enough but I think or as my view um, coming from a, a bit older school way of thinking that 
you have to pay your dues. Like there is a process you have to go through to, you know, pay your respect to the people above you and take on the work that you don't always want to, you know, want to do. But like you said, it's all a learning process. And I take it that's your view as well that you know you really have to pay your dues in the company to to move up. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think so. I mean, um, a, a bunch of people say this as well. Like, if if you if you want to go work at Bungie and you want to do these amazing mood paintings, you better be really good because they have people like Jamie Jones working there, you know. And uh, like, yeah. who, are you, who are who are you that you that you say that you can beat that guy on his skills, right? That's it. And it's the same, obviously, when uh, when people talk about you know they want to get into stuff like uh, Magic the Gathering art, um, and then you're saying, well, you know that's great, but then you're going up against people like Cynthia Shepard, like Titus Lunter, or Noah Bradley. You know the list goes on. Um, Mm-hmm. You've you've got to be beating out those guys every time for the art directors to be looking even in your direction. So it's it's you know, I think people I think people more now think that they can get by with Photoshop doing most of the work and they won't have to put them as much an effort to get involved. But it's still even when, even once you hit your internship, you work even harder. It's not like the work stops. Like that's just the entry, that's just the starting line from yeah, there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then again working through Gorilla, um, how long were you there? Um, was it just the one project you worked on? Was it just Horizon and then you moved? Uh well when I joined I joined um when was that? Uh, I I joined right before um Killzone uh Shadowfall released. Right. So uh but obviously they were already working on uh the pre production phase of, of their new project by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I did see the crunch time, which I think also was really important because you, I experienced it not firsthand, but mm-hmm. like I was there at the time they were crunching, and I, I could sort of, sort of see the results and you know see how people dealt with that as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did a bunch of DLC work for that. Um, of course, this was all uh, with with all all my um, uh, my classmates who were there as well as interns. Like it's, it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be clear on that, I mean we had a, we had a really awesome team of people. Yeah. Uh, basically, Gorilla just gets people from all the schools, and they they stay for um, uh, most stay for six months uh, or four months actually, mm-hmm. and then some some uh, they keep uh, on if possible, uh, because of course like it, it takes a bit a bit of time to um, get into. Uh, get up to the level of quality that they they expect from you, and then yeah. and then uh, that's when you start producing. And all this usually takes like two months, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So if you if you manage to be able to stay on, uh, that's that's a lot better for you know both you and and Gorilla, of course, because mm-hmm. you can actually start producing some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, I stayed on for actually a year, mm-hmm. um, all through the summer of the next year as well, uh, when I moved from intern to trainee. Um, which was really awesome. I got to do a lot more stuff as well, and um, yeah, it was 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 just a really cool time. I, I really hate that I had to leave, but I had to leave to to basically finish up school because um, mm. I had I, I by then entered my fourth year. Yep. And um, yeah, there were some full time projects that I just uh, you know I just needed to complete in order to finish my school. Yeah, you had to focus that part of your life and then get that out of the way so you can then move on to the the grander stuff that you're doing now obviously you know that's 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 taking up your attention is is that was that an immediate move once you left gorilla and once you'd finished your education did you move straight to cloud imperium or did they approach you or how did that come about um well once i left gorilla um as i said like i ended my fourth year and i started freelancing mm-hmm. and um i don't know if you've seen my facebook banner the the piece with the big spaceship with the ring yes uh, uh-huh, right. Yep. So that piece was done two weeks after I left Gorilla. Wow. Uh, for yeah. as as a freelance uh, gig, mm-hmm. um, 
And then I, I did a bunch of other stuff after it as well, including, of course, my graduation project, which like it, it for me on the conceptual side of things, it was really awesome. But the images that I then produced weren't necessarily, you know, like really good images or something. But yeah. I, like it, it was a really, really technical, really scientific research. And I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, got, I actually got a lot of attention through it. I um there were about five magazines that wrote articles on me in my own country. I got nominated for a couple of prizes wow. just because of the depth of it and yeah. uh, the novelty of it because it was a VR thing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I was freelancing all the way through that. And then um, I actually <laughs> applied, of course, like when you graduate, you apply at like 150 companies. And uh, I applied at Cloud Imperium Games, I think, three times. And then in the end, they actually contacted me directly. Without ever knowing that I that I that I applied, which was really funny. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 work and they were um, interested in working with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started working on Star Citizen. Uh, I think a year ago now. No, almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, they initially hired me to do um, um, like more like the prop side of things and like they mm -hmm. have. Uh, ship components and weapons, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I really wanted to work on environments because I, uh, I environments for me is just, you know, combining everything into into one sort of image. Uh, it, it basically takes everything from lighting, design, storytelling, and I, I really like that yeah. uh, part. So I, I really pushed um, to be able to do that. And I did a lot of environment work on um, the narrative campaign. Uh, of which I cannot say anything, of course, because it hasn't been revealed yet. But it, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm now doing uh, environment work again on some of the content will, that will be released a little sooner. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like other than that, I've done um, the rover design, of course, which I showed at industry workshops. Yep. Um, I'm going to do some more vehicle design in the future. And it's just a lot of fun because, uh, again, at Cloud Imperium Games, like I, I don't really say no to anything. So I get to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I did some UI design as well, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun that way. I think I, yeah. I really like doing, you know, a variety of things. I, I know a lot of people just want to do their their own thing, but for yeah. me, for me, being able to to create a world like from various um, viewpoints, so to speak, like mm -hmm. I, I think that brings so much more depth, and you can like. I don't know. It, it just, I just really enjoy doing that. You know, just just doing everything, sort of. <laughs> yeah. And is that something that you emulate in your personal work as well, or do you experiment more in your personal stuff, um, as, or is it kind of similar to what you're doing um, industry-wise? Uh, well, actually, um, if you have a look at my sketchbooks, which mm -hmm. I rarely show to people, but they're actually full of uh, medieval castles. Oh, cool. And uh, character work. Um, so I thought switch going for sci-fi, fantasy then. Well, uh, uh, funny, funnily enough, uh, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn like gameplay footage. Yeah. But the uh, the environment work and the assets uh, are are in a in in a way they're uh, really medieval. Actually, they're not really sci-fi. Yeah. And um, so actually, at Gorilla, I, I did a lot of work that was influenced a lot by um, by that style. And then here in Star Citizen, I, I do uh, and and actually. <laughs> When I was doing that, I did a lot of cipher work in my free time, mm -hmm. and then here I do a lot of cipher work at work, so I do fancy stuff in my free time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, again, like I really like that variety, um, and I, I think that 
if you really like design and like storytelling um, and you can do that with like principles with foundations you can basically apply to any sort of narrative any sort of uh, field so um, I mean at some point um, when I do you know go to another company or something yeah I'll probably be working on something completely different just for that reason as well yeah it might always be related to the, the kind of sci-fi genre spaceship stuff you know because there's, there's only so many people who do that kind of stuff and do it well so obviously the next game you could be doing sitting I don't know you know middle-aged China or something like that is you know it could be any gambits where that's obviously where your reference comes in um, you obviously talk about um, using a lot of kind of photo techniques and SketchUp obviously is involved in that, you know, but it's more 3D. Um, I know when I went to see um, Giles Ketting's talk mm -hmm. on um, Ashton Falls, he had a, a lot of images where he talked about the heavy use of photography and photo bashing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's also, that it brings me into this thing where I was going to start talking about was uh, Shadis Fade does this talk called uh, the, is it the Pursuit of Increasing Awesomeness, where he talks about how there is a way to get to the top of the concept art trail as quick as you can, and that does involve integrating 3D and photo bashing. Do you think, probably even the newer generation now of concept artists, that this is something that younger people or people coming into the industry starting off need to really apply to their portfolio? Uh, well, that's a really, really hard question. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I have a lot of people that come to me with, with the same sort of question, like, hey, uh, I want to break into an industry, what should I do? Because that's basically the question, right? Yep. Uh, the way I see it, there's basically two types of people in the industry. There's there's um, there's the type of people that do one thing and do one thing really really well, and then they get hired for that one thing and they get jobs for that one thing. Um, and then there's the people that um, do do a lot of things, and uh, also they they sort of start doing the stuff that companies would like to see. They start doing the stuff that uh, you know would get them jobs uh, maybe a little easier and I'm one of those latter people but I know a lot of people that are the former right yeah. I mean the, the uh, one of the best examples of recent times I think is Kazil Salim with yeah. his cars mm -hmm. uh, he does his car stuff really really well and, and that's how he got a job at uh, what is it Need for Speed I think or, yeah the EA um, base company I think yeah yeah so uh, anyway uh, mm -hmm. so but but he does uh, that and um, I mean, so so it really depends on what you, what you want to do and what you want to uh, accomplish. If if you want to just do your own thing, mm -hmm. um, then keep doing that. Keep doing that a lot until you're good enough that you can get a job with that. Yeah. But it might take a while, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it really might take a while, and and um, I think that if you do want to get a job in the industry, I mean, pretty much all the companies that I've seen uh, are looking for people that have three D skills. Um, are looking for people that can photo bash over a 3D blockout mm -hmm. and use their knowledge of light and color and materials and uh, narrative, mm -hmm. that's really important, yep. to create a compelling image. Yeah. Uh, like all those skills combined. So I think like if you, if you really want a studio job and you want to get like an internship or a, a junior position, mm -hmm. uh, that is the best way. But as I said, like I'm... I'm uh, there's a lot of ways to get in the industry, and this is just my opinion. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't take this as a rule. No, no. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, if if you if you want to get into a certain company, see what they are looking for, see what sort of uh, skills they're looking for. I, I mean, um, CCP, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, Eve Online. 
uh, they're concept artists, they uh, do texture work as well. Yeah. So if you show that you can do texture work and that you can do a lot of, um, that you can do really good low poly models because yeah. that's what they use as well, mm. um, you know, that's the way to go for them. But again, like it really depends on where, where, where you want to go. Because every uh, company has a different approach to making art and different pipelines and, you yeah. know, yeah. And it's probably you'll find the same as that you've, you know, Gorilla and Cloud Imperium are both AAA producing companies with you know millions of dollars to put behind you know production and whatever else but even within the same two companies there will be completely different ways of approaching a pipeline start finish um crunch all that kind of stuff um meetings mm -hmm. um and then I, I, again moving from gorilla to cloud and pyramid I, do you find that it's this it is roughly the same atmosphere or this there are huge jarring changes you've found in different companies or um well like on the base levels, it's quite the same. I mean, obviously, it's different because um, Gorillas in Amsterdam is a really different vibe, different kind of people. Yeah. Um, the way they approach things as well. I mean, Gorilla has been around for a while. Uh, Foundry 42 was founded specifically uh, to... to, to uh, well, it, it was founded like two or th three years ago, I think. Yeah. And back then, it was just eight people that started, and now we're 180 people. Um you know, you can feel that, you can see that, and um, but not in a bad way necessarily. I mean, yeah. there's, there's there's so many really talented people from all over the place. Yep. While at Gorilla, you really had that that sort of old core that were there that have been working together for ten years, and you know that brought his own vibe. And and from because because that's uh, I, I go to a lot of events. I mean, I've been to industry workshops, but also to IFCC. I'm going to Trojan Horse next week. Yep. Uh, I've been at Trojan Horse last year, uh, and I tried to talk to people to 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 find out, you know, what the other companies are like. And basically, they say, well, every company is different, you know. And yeah. that's that's I think also a really good thing, and also a really important thing that if you want to get into a company, uh, make sure to ask the people that work there, like what the company is like. Yeah, yeah. Again, because like you said, it's the the reality versus the dream. Um, I know my previous experience for me, I was talking to a guy who works um, at Rockstar North um, just down the road in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's worked he's worked there since they were DMA back in the day in Dundee, um, making a 2D version of Grand Theft Auto. And he was saying that a lot of these are passion projects for people. You know, this, the companies start with maybe 10 people, but now I think they employ a staff in Edinburgh like 300, 400 people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, eventually it starts crossing that barrier between a passion project and then a reality. But he was saying that he finds that people were always like, you know, it must be great to work at Rockstar. You must, you know, have pool tables in every room and, you know, you get five hour lunches and you get to play Grand Theft Auto all day. And he's like, well, no, it's like a small cubicle that I sit at. I get a pile of work in my desk when I walk in this much I've got to do by the time I leave um, and it's like any other job you know you go and you work you go home um, but you know know that know that people he tries to disillusion it that it's, it's a horrible job or like you know you're going to be mind numb and doing it but it's just like you know at the end of the day it's work it is a career you're going to have to go in there and do a job you know you're not getting paid to you know muck about so yeah um, absolutely and, and, and as with all jobs uh, I mean, not everything you do might be as fun as, as the other thing, yeah. but that's also why it's really important that you you keep trying a lot of things, right? Because you know you never you never know what you might discover. Uh, yeah, uh, but also uh, by the way, on the pipeline uh, thing and and like what what you should do. Um, I know f uh, a lot of people have been asking me uh, for recommendations getting into Foundry and stuff, mm -hmm. and and the problem. Uh, is is that a lot of those people are really really good intelligent and good friends of mine mm -hmm. but they don't have a lot of 3D work and I know for instance that my art director he will only 
consider people if they have 3D work because yeah. uh, in Star Citizen, for instance, we we have really complex systems. Yeah. You, you basically can open every door. You can pick up any object. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to make that work, we are building everything to the metric system that has been put in place. And you have to be precise up until like millimeters sometimes yeah. uh, with things like, uh, you know, handles, but also... Well, everything, basically. So many moving parts, yeah. Yeah, so for instance, I'm working on some mood paints right now, and um, I built the entire room that I'm doing. Because basically, design, build a room uh, with, with like cubes, and then it's, it's for me, it's, it's, it's to like give it a certain vibe, right? But yeah. I, I don't know how other people do this, but I, I rebuilt that entire room like fully, like till the centimeter, Mm-hmm. Uh, as design wanted, and I will not change anything. I will only add things to make it work, but I will yeah. not, like, you know, blow out a wall or something because, in the end, it's that room that I'm designing for. And in order to to do that, you you do need 3D skills. Y- yeah. You won't be able to do that yeah. to that level of precision with just 2D. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it was, yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I was just recently, only a couple of days ago, you know, because I just uh, discovered Ashthorpe when I got to industry workshops, so I started listening to the Collective Podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. the guy, uh, Krill, he was interviewing recently, was talking about Fusion 360, and he was, he had a saying um, that he wanted to try and, ca- you know, calling a phrase, but he was saying that to build industrial projects or industrial pieces of art within games, you need industrial tools, so, you know, he I- do- I, I really don't agree with that. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, see that objective yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. No, so, uh, I, I was listening to that as well. And, and like, no offense to Kirill. Um, I mean, I, I understand what he means, but I think that um, you, need an industri- you need an engineering mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that if you have the engineering mindset, um, you can do it with a lot of tools. You know, certain tools will do it better. Yeah. But I think that um, you, like great friend of mine, uh, um, Alex Nowaks, I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he makes the, the craziest vehicles and he, he makes them in, in, in like regular old school polygonal modeling tools, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't really, cause, but, but he understands, you know, mechanics. He understands how to make things work in, in, in sensible and he doesn't necessarily use, you know, <laughs> engineering software or something. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, uh, on the other hand, though, I use fusion every single day for the last three months mm-hmm. uh so i i, I know f- like fusion really well and mm-hmm. i've done some tutorials now as well mm-hmm. um and 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 i do agree that you know fusion really gives uh great insight into how engineers design things yep but i think ultimately it, it comes down to to the mindset because you can give you know you can give a tool to any any i said it like any regular person yeah <laughs> but that doesn't mean like that you can actually get some good stuff out of it you really need the, the engineering mindset and not necessarily the tools yeah definitely uh, but but again like no 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 offense to career or anything but that's just my take on it yeah and it's, it's, it's the same when you talk about um the photo bashing techniques and the 3d stuff i mean the people who i've maybe dealt with through my past who are more traditional painters have said of course they use the word cheating um, which obviously angers a lot of concept artists because they talk about how it's it's more just because it's specific to that industry. So obviously, 3D and photo bashing serves a purpose within a pipeline in a company. You're looking to produce art as quickly as possible and as believable as possible. So, yeah, I mean, that, again, you were just, you know, we just talked about it, but you can say again that you know you are of the opinion that these things are essential for a modern day concept artist. Well, um, 
yes, in a certain way, but there's there's a really big pitfall there, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been trying to explain this to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there's a, there's a really big difference between uh, features or tools and uh, principles or uh, mindset, as, as I just called it. Yeah, uh, is that um, you know anyone can use photo bashing, yeah. but not everyone can use it. In the way that it's supposed to, photo bashing can re- be a really powerful tool if if you know how to use it, and it's it's really powerful to um, like create create mood paintings stuff like that. Yeah. But if if you want to do a fully, you know, working design uh, like like a car design or something, you can't photo bash that like tr- not not to every like inside outside you know everything. You you can do the outside. Yeah. Uh, as a mood painting, as a, as a style reference, yeah. but to have the true control, you need other tools, right? Yeah. And 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 so it's really um, like like just knowing the tools won't be enough. You need to know why you use the tools. You need to know why you design things, and you really ne- need to know the, the 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 principles of design and the principles of of what you're actually doing before <laughs> or actually during you start the tools. But you can learn mm-hmm. those principles while using the tools as well. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I hope this makes sense. But no, no, no. I understand <laughs> this. I mean, I was I was listening to myself um, a couple of weeks back to uh, Fing's design podcast, and he was talking about how he can see in people's portfolio who are introducing stuff like photo bashing three D when their foundation skills of perspective of color um, are not as solid as they can be. Then you can see through the paint and seeing that you know they've used the technique, but they've not understood how to use it. So it feels hollow almost because it's just uh, you know. I know what you're saying. Like I'm trying to say it as well, and it's, it's hard to specifically say what you're going to say. But if you lack the foundation skills at the start, which is color, light, perspective, texture, tone, then yeah. putting a paint, a picture, or a photo over a painting isn't going to make it. You well, know. true, but um, the problem I'm ha- I I have with that is that I I hear a lot of people. Again, this is my opinion, but I hear a lot of people talking about foundation, foundation, foundation. Yeah. And to me, uh, the way that that you know, I picked that up. It's like, oh shit! I should go back to like traditional painting and mm-hmm. like you know, drawing with charcoal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I I think you can learn these principles with any tool that I- includes these principles. It's it's not just you know traditional drawing skills or whatever. It's about focusing your attention on the on the specific principles that you want to learn. Uh, really, really. Um, well, like an example would be that uh, when I do an environment painting, uh, that I like I want to have it. I want to have a certain atmosphere in there. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to look at other um, like art, or concept art, or or pictures that 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 have that same uh, atmosphere, and then I try to like analyze how they do that with lighting, mm-hmm. uh, with composition, and then I try to use that into my own paintings. But but basically, what I do is like I learn about lighting and all that other, uh, like all the other principles, mm-hmm. by really analyzing and looking at the principles. But not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily about the tools. You can learn it with any tool. I know, for instance, that uh, Nomon, um, like the school, mm-hmm. uh, they they teach anatomy classes in in ZBrush, which which I think is really good. But also in clay, you know, because being able to to do the same thing with different tools, yeah. Um, that's when you can really get to the principles. I um, 
as I explained it, I, uh, you're, are you bilingual by any chance? Do you speak any other language in English? No, uh, just English and bad English, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Well, for the for the for, for the people out there that that uh, do speak more than two languages, uh, this this might be a good uh, analogy. Mm -hmm. It's basically that um, once you once you talk more than one language, and I uh, talk two languages and two half languages, mm -hmm. uh, but you, you don't think about uh, words anymore, but you think about the meanings of those words, right? Okay. And then you pick the word in the language that you're speaking at that time, but your thinking goes from the word to the meaning of the word because, you know, you have different words of expressing the same feeling, the same story, yeah. the same narrative. Uh -huh. And the same thing goes for, for the tools, I think. So if you, if you know how to paint something with traditional paint, but you also know how to draw it or you know how to model it in SketchUp, you know how to model it in Fusion or in traditional modeling software. Yeah. That's when you really step away from the tool, um, but really focus on the principles of what you're doing. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I really um, advise uh, people to to try out all the tools as like much everything. as you can. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously, as, as you work along, you can maybe even just refine that to a more kind of um, try to think centered attention of where you want your work to go and um, while taking everything you've learned along the way and, and making that you know as, as perfect as possible yeah absolutely um, absolutely and yeah. I, I know that like people like Ben Morrow uh, like to switch things up all the time like he, he uses a variety of programs just for that reason mm -hmm. uh, I, I know that uh, that even uh, Vitaly Bulgarov does that because mm -hmm. uh, he uses CAD software in his professional work and then in his, his free time he, he just jumps back to XSI and, uh, and ZBrush yeah, I um, and I I think that uh, you know it's also for that reason it's it's to refresh your mind right and to not get pulled into the tools and the uh, the tricks and the cheats but uh, yeah yeah because you can kind of stay in a bubble you know just Photoshop or just Adobe and that obviously shelters you for everything else around you that you know hinders you from learning more mm -hmm. um, and like learning Fusion like learning CAD um, and again you know. You're talking about getting in the industry. I mean, we can just brush on this towards the end now. Is that um, you had a big talk at Industry Workshops 2016? Um, for the guys who weren't there, you know, you obviously couldn't go into the full explanation or the full talk because we don't have the time. But just kind of the cliff notes around, you know, where you were wanting to go with that, what you were trying to convey to people during your talk. Yeah, so the Industry Workshops talk is, is, is really about that last sort of point that I. Um that I talked about here, like like seeing things in different ways, because yeah. I, I I really think that if you if you uh, focus on certain elements and then you you try to um, see, like basically look at the same object but just with a, with a different mindset, mm -hmm. uh, mentally seeing things in different ways, mm -hmm. you you can actually do the same thing as 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 you would when modeling things in different software. Mm -hmm. Uh, so one of the examples that I I gave was I showed this uh, this mushroom with with some weird bubbles on it. Uh, and basically, if if you uh, if you wanna if you wanna paint that mushroom with like acrylics, like how would you approach it? Well, how would you set it up? If you wanna model it in in ZBrush, how would you approach that? If you wanna look like if you look at it from an engineer's perspective, uh, like what are those weird bubbles? How does this mushroom work? What is the structure? What's the material? Um, and and basically, yeah, just just keep your eyes open. Um, another thing that I I do a lot, like a, tr yeah, you could call it a trick, but you might know that uh, like the brain fills in eighty percent of our vision, and only twenty percent is what we really see with our eyes. The rest is just like filled in. So wow. you basically you you see like two spots 
in front of you. This is just like biology, right? Right. And then and then the rest, like your eyes, basically they they go from left to right to up to down. They they have these these weird movements. Unless you're talking to someone, then it's more focused. But mm -hmm. your your eyes blink everywhere, right? Right. And then and then they use that information to fill in the image of whatever you're seeing the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but the funny thing is, is that by doing that, you actually don't pick up on that much stuff, right? Right. And now by knowing that, by knowing these principles, you can play with it mm -hmm. because you can actually do that in a really conscious way. Instead of just randomly blinking around, you can consciously blink around and you pick up on a lot more information. So when I'm walking through the park, uh, I actually consciously look everywhere, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then suddenly you see this, this squirrel on top of a tree branch with like really beautiful rim lights. And then you see this bird there and this mm. trash bin with like a really cool narrative of why the trash bin looks the way it looks. Yeah. Like it might just be a trash bin, but if you ever, you know, want to paint a trash bin, you, you, you will remember that because you've consciously looked at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, things like that is, uh, is really cool. Another thing that I do a lot is that um, when I'm waiting for a train, for instance, I, I mean... Waiting is the most boring thing ever, so uh, I just play games uh, with my consciousness and with my, my with my like observation. So what I do is I try to I sit on a bench or I stand somewhere, and I just try to to think about what it would look like seeing myself in three D uh, in third person, like like just like placing a camera in three D, right, yeah. two meters behind you. Like yeah. what would you see? What would you pick up on? Or, or conscious, like, 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 just try to think about, like, what would it be like if you weren't there? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, what do you pick up on? Just focus on individual conversations, or, or, or even like try to change the lighting of the scene that you're now standing in. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. And and I, those are just really simple games, but I, I really love just thinking about that consciously. Yeah. And once you once you start doing that a lot. Um, you're basically going on a path that uh, will, well, might bring you to a thing called mindfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's this. Um, it's basically uh, uh, it comes down from 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 um, Buddhism and yoga, mm -hmm. and it's uh, basically a state of being in which you do not pass any judgment. You are in a pure observational mode, which is kind of funny because that's really a thing that artists do a lot when they're studying a certain object. Mm -hmm. And um, I can really recommend looking into it, by the way. But uh, basically what you do is, is, is you just, uh, it, it's like, you know, like a way of meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's um, trying to, to observe things without passing judgment on them. And then you sort of get down to the core of what those things really are, uh, whether they are thoughts or actually things you see. And, yeah. and you learn a lot. And... Um, well, long story short, that was <laughs> I mean that was that was my industry workshop's talk is 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 um trying to see things in a different way and then doing that to learn from it. Yeah. So uh, again you're just talking about more uh, engaging your mind's eye and seeing the world in a a different light than most people who just walk through their life. You're trying to observe as much as you can as you walk through it. You're you know you're not just using peripheral vision just to be aware, you're using it to engage with your surroundings basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and to to break things down. I mean, a thing that we did at Gorilla, and this is basically um, what got me going on this whole path, mm -hmm. is uh, they paid a lot of attention to um, to texture, to materials, mm -hmm. right, and especially to uh, weathering and uh, and the way certain materials weather than others, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and in order to 
well, to understand that, you had to observe. So we would just go into Amsterdam, the city, mm -hmm. and we would just look at all the weathering and all the damage and all the materials that we could see. Yeah. And you start picking up on so many things just because you're super focused looking at weathering, damage, history yep. of objects, right? Mm -hmm. and, and suddenly, this city that you've been walking through you know, dozens of times, it, 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 you see it in a new light and, and there's so much information that you never saw that you can suddenly pick up on. And that's the same thing with suddenly looking everywhere when you're walking through a park. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much stuff in this world that you can pick up on yeah. if you know how to look uh, or, or how to find it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it's the same when you know, I talked to my contact at, at Rockstar, you know, he was saying that you know, the couple of holidays that he went like the first couple of years when he was doing texture, um, he was going around small cities in Italy and Rome and taking pictures like as close as he could to like walls and buildings and wooden textures and doors. Um, and when he came back, his his wife was complaining that they had no photos of them. It was all just you know, you could have rebuilt a city with the amount of photos he had. They just random uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pieces, of, yeah, stone and But that's what that's the that's the interest you take as an artist. And you talk about observing. You know that is that's art at its core, really, is observation. You know, I mean, the the amount of stuff through life drawn or um, still life drawn. You know, it's it, it's all about basically observing something and recreating it on a medium, paper, charcoal, whatever you want, um, or digital. Um, so yeah, it's just. I think it's more just getting back to the core of being an artist, like you said. You know, like again, people will say guys like us or like yourself are are using uh, tools that take away from traditional, but. I think any medium that portrays an observation is still art in its core. It doesn't matter what you're using. It's still, you know, you're still being as traditional as you can be. So yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, and and also, have you heard listened to the collective podcast with Sir Richard Taylor? No, I haven't heard that one yet. No. All right, go listen to that as well because they they talk a lot about this stuff. Uh, I used some of his quotes in my in my industry workshops talk as well. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, uh, that's a comment to an hour, so um, we'll let you go, Jordan. I'm sure you've got a busy day ahead of you or, or whatever you're doing today anyway. You'll be, it'll probably be more exciting than sitting talking to me anyway. Um, just, oh, no, I, I had a lot of fun. Don't worry no, about it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just obviously on behalf of myself and Colin and the Digital Art Cast, we want to thank you for coming on and, and sparing your time. Um, I know you're probably going to be extremely busy, um, but uh, we might get you on you know, later down the line and cover follow-up um, and again you know we'll post this up online um, the guys who are listening we have just submitted to iTunes and got approved so we're going to be in iTunes as of tomorrow morning um, again you can see us on, on YouTube and check our previous one um, me and George were talking about industry workshops in London where we both attended we just done a podcast um, and we just launched that it. it will be the one previous to this um, on all the guys that I went and saw and talked to during the event and uh, next week me and Colin will be back to regular um, and just talking to me again about everything that is digital and concept art. Uh, so thank you, Jor. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Speak to you later. Bye.